Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. Good morning. I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney in studio. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Danny. I was hoping to see you, but I understand the situation. Well, consider yourself lucky. I get to see. I wish other I could people. be there with you too. Someday, too. maybe we'll uh, we'll get back <laughs> yes, <laughs> back to, to the normal. who knows. Seems like forever. Uh, thanks, uh, Teresa. Teresa Rooney is going to help you out this hour. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, now is your chance. You'll have to do it, however, by text only. is how you send Teresa that text message. 651-989-9226. Well, I have to say one thing. This rain is uh, how perfect. I mean, let's let's have a couple more days like this. I love this rain. I heard the thunder and I just about cheered. I was so excited. Well, absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, we don't like severe weather, but boy, we'll we'll take these uh, storms of these uh, this rain uh, for a few more days here and there. Let's uh, do it. Really uh, will I mean, I'm I'm sure by later on today or tomorrow morning it's really going to green up our lawns. Will those dry spots come back, Teresa? It's possible. It depends on how stressed the root system is and if the root system is still viable. So actually, rains like this will really help you gauge how well your lawn can come back. And uh, so, so that's a really good thing to think, okay, it's not coming back very well. I know I'm going to have to seed or it's coming back. I just have to be gentle with it. Okay. Here's a text that came in, Teresa. It says, my zucchini plant is huge. And covering my basil, can I cut off the, quote, branches hanging over it to give it some light? Well, yeah, you certainly can. Uh, if, if those branches are flowering, you will be cutting off flowers, which could turn into fruit. But go ahead and, and gently move that zucchini or cut off those branches. You want that basil to get the sunshine. Okay. Again, uh, text only, 651-989-9226. Here's a... Here's a uh, Something I haven't heard before. You're going to have to help me with this. What have I, what have, or rather, we have what I believe is prostrate spurge in my yard and it's spreading. Mm-hmm. Grass is dying. What to do? What is that yeah, stuff? That's, that's the stuff that it actually just lays on the ground and the leaves are little teeny tiny things and they often have a little red dot in them. They're tiny leaves. They look like kind of thyme. Uh, so you might think it's thyme, but it's not. It's a prostrate spurge and you can um, pull them up usually they come up very easily Uh, they do set a lot of seeds i believe they're an annual so you do want to make sure that they don't go to seed 
uh, they like those really dry areas. They and they cover it just like a mat. It just looks like a mat laying on the ground. You can also use chemicals on them if you have to. Just make sure that you, you read and understand and follow the label instructions because it has been very hot. And again, if plants aren't actively growing, they're not going to take those chemicals in, those herbicides in. So do make sure you read the instructions and know how hot it is, how windy it is, when the rain's going to come, and uh, react accordingly. Okay, very good. There's a question here I uh, was thinking about as I was going for a walk the other day. Uh, It says, good morning. Uh, Have people been complaining about not only leaves uh, falling off trees, but large limbs as well? I see a lot of leaves falling. Is that stress-related? That's a lot of stress-related. I've noticed a lot of leaves falling. Some yards have almost looked like it's almost autumn already for some of the trees. The trees have a lot of leaves, but they they will drop some of them because they just can't carry the heavy load. And um, that dropping of limbs does happen when we get a lot of heat. And sometimes if we suddenly get a full surge of water, all of a sudden there's just so much moisture in that limb that it can't hold it. I actually had my elm drop a a foot and a half diameter limb one year like that in my yard just from heat stress and, and moisture stress. So it can happen, which is kind of scary if you think about how many trees we have and how often we walk under them. They could just be dropping their limbs at any time. So just be careful. But, yes, it can happen in the hot weather. Good morning. We're just joining us. Uh, Smart Garden is the name of the show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering uh, your lawn and garden questions via text only, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. We always joke, Teresa. I know lightly about uh, creeping Charlie. <laughs> I know I've had in my years uh, with the yard work had had enough of that. Yes. But here's one: Is creeping Charlie edible? Yes, it doesn't taste that good, in my opinion. But yes, it is edible. And again, before you eat any plants, make sure you identify them. Make sure they haven't been sprayed with any chemicals uh, or used in the area where dogs may be or something like that. But, yes, some people do make a nice uh, kind of minty tea out of it. So you can use Creeping Charlie. Yes, you can eat it. Mm. You know, there's lots of things that are edible, but, yeah, they might not taste so good. Have you ever tried it? I have not. No. No. That's not the top. I haven't of my been list. that hungry when I've been weeding it. <laughs> I like tea, but not uh, yeah. Keeping I, I, Charlie, it, it tea. would probably it would probably just taste very minty. I suppose uh, because there there is that fragrance when you pull it. You do get a nice mint fragrance, yeah. and and it will ha- will have some vitamins and minerals and things in it. But again, it probably isn't the most tasty thing in the world. But it is edible. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six for your text messages for uh, Teresa. Uh, here's one that says, my 60-year-old forsythia only had five flowers this spring, has not done very well since I cut it back a few years ago. How can I help it flower more? I only had five flowers this spring, has not done very well since I cut it back a few years ago. How can I help it flower more? What, well, it's already set the flowers for next year, so you want to make sure you're not pruning it anymore. They have spring-blooming plants like your forsythias and your lilacs and rhododendrons and azaleas and mock oranges. They all set their flowers, 
two to three weeks after they finish blooming in the early spring or late spring, early summer. So any pruning you do after that will take off the flowers for next year. You can lightly top dress it with compost at any time. Um, next year when it starts to come out, and if we get some cool weather, maybe give it a little bit of fertilizer. We're kind of almost past the point now where I'd like people to be fertilizing their plants because we're into August. And now we want the plants, uh, you know, lots of that fertilizer can take 20, 30 days to get to the roots. And by that time, the plants should be thinking about becoming dormant and slowly moving into dormancy, not having to all of a sudden have a big feast of nutrition in the soil because in September, the nutrition in the soil for the plants does lessen a little bit, which helps signal the plants to become start to go into dormancy. So you don't want to mess up the cycle too much there. But a little top dressing of compost, especially just as we're getting this rain now or whatever, will gently wash some nutrients into the soil. So pruning is really important. And then maybe next year you can give it a little fertilizer in the spring. Here we are in August, August 7th to be exact. I know we're getting uh, questions, as you know, Teresa, about fertilizing our lawns. Are we coming up to a time when this is a good time? And what about weed and feed? I know we always get questions about that. Yep, the weed and feed, you know, a lot of these chemicals, they just don't react so well. Our lawns are stressed. So I would say don't be fertilizing and don't be weed and feeding them. Don't be um, spraying herbicides on them. The, the lawn's under a lot of stress. It's You don't want to add another stressor to it. If you see some weeds, maybe they're just hand, you can hand pull or spot treat them with a, with a liquid spray rather than a weed and feed. But I would not be fertilizing your lawns right now. I'd probably wait until after Labor Day when it does get a little bit cooler, and then you can put your winterizer down. Okay, very good. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Invite our listeners again to join in via text with their lawn and garden questions at 651-989-9226. We have moved to 68 degrees, still some rain, uh, some fog, some mist reported here in the Twin Cities. Let's see, our high today going to be about uh, 78 degrees, so we should muster another 10 degrees or so uh, for a daytime high. But we're going to get more shower activity. You stay tuned to News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions here on our Smart Garden Show on CCO. Via text only, 651-989-9226. Why is it via text only? The phone lines are down. We didn't pay the bill, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Teresa still maybe we have Charlie all, got in there and did yeah, some maybe so. Gets everywhere. Uh, again, uh, Teresa, we have tons of text messages, so uh, we're going to help as many people as we can this morning. But if we uh, don't get to them, they should yeah. go to extension.umn.edu. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Again, extension.umn.edu. If you did not get your question answered today, what can they find there, Teresa? Everything relating to gardens, insects, weeds. All kinds of cool stuff, how to do landscaping, products, seed saving, planting, anything. Lawn care. Lawn care. Yes, there's lots of wonderful things in there. Yep. We'll mention that again before Teresa leaves us. Uh, Here's a text that says, uh, I have a ginkgo tree that has yellow leaves on the top third of the tree, and those leaves are now falling. I've been watering regularly throughout the the, uh, drought. Um, Let's see. I guess that's it. 
What 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 about that? You know, it's, it's it is a stress. I wouldn't worry too much about it. The ginkgos are pretty hardy trees. They're one of the longest or oldest trees that we have. They've survived since prehistoric times. They've come down and have the genus hasn't changed that much. So it's pretty gosh darn amazing. But uh, so don't worry too much about it. Do keep the watering. Make sure you're not overwatering, and it should just be fine. Don't do any pruning or anything like that. Any major fertilizing, nothing like that. I'm not sure how old the tree is, but the younger trees may so, show a little more stress, or they may actually be a little better because you're watering and they have a smaller root system, so they can grab that. The bigger trees have a bigger root system, and there's no way you can totally supplement that. But do what you can. Just make sure you don't overwater. There's a hostage question. The weather has dried the leaves uh, despite watering them. Can I trim all the dead leaves from that hosta? Yep, dead is dead. It's not coming back. Go ahead and trim them. It will make them look less icky to your eyes. And it will mm-hmm. also get some of that, um, that, that material out of there that could encourage slugs and funguses and things like that. So go ahead and clean up the dead stuff. That can go right into your compost bin. This listener wants to know, Teresa, what's the best type of grass seed for sunny and sandy lawns? You know, I would probably put some uh, Kentucky Blue. You're going to have to do some extra watering. Fescue is really, really good. The short fescues are really good. They can handle the drier. The drier locations, they can handle some shade, They can, and they're good in the sun, too. Um, and you may want to put a little perennial ryegrass in there. Uh, go to your garden center, talk to them, read the labels. It will tell you exactly what you're looking for, and make sure that you follow the instructions. Uh, go to our website, extension.umn.edu, whether you're overseeding or whether you're putting down a whole new lawn. And our great garden centers that we have around here do have some great seeds, and they, they have a marked for they have, specific marked, locations. And they have people that know what they're talking about. Yeah. So, so especially if you go in your area, they're probably dealing with a lot of sandy, dry, or sandy sunny conditions or sandy conditions, so they'll know that. Or maybe the, you're, you're in an area with a lot of heavy clay, and so your garden centers know that, and the people are really well-trained there. And if they aren't, then maybe a different garden center would be a choice. Keep checking. Yep. You bet. This texture has a gladiola, gladiola bulbs that they bought this spring but forgot to plant them. Can I save them for next spring? If so, how? You know, I would try to plant them up. At least get them up and growing and give them as much light as you possibly can. Uh, if you can, you know, keep them out as long as you can so they don't freeze. Maybe put them in pots. Cover the pots if we're going to get some light frost. All you're trying to do this year is give that bulb some energy to get through into the next season. Then as soon as you do bring them in, let them go dormant and then plant them next season. But to try to keep them, you, we probably just don't have the right humidity. And that they have that, that nutrition is going to be wearing away. It's just going to kind of disappear and they probably won't make it. So you'd be better off to try to get some green up and let them get growing. This one is uh, about insecticide. Is there an insecticide for grasshoppers that is pet safe? There, well, Mm. probably. Uh, Lots of the insecticides do have to be a contact poison. Uh, If you're you're killing grasshoppers and your your pet is eating the dead grasshoppers, that's not going to be good because they will be ingesting that poison. And a poison is a poison. Insect anatomy is a little different than ours, but it is closer to our anatomy than, say, an herbicide. Um, a plant's anatomy is closer to ours, is further away. So you read the instructions and just follow the instructions. And again, 
If the animal's eating the dead insects, probably I wouldn't even bother. Decide what's more important. No yeah. no grasshoppers or a sicker or perhaps dying pet. And Teresa, you put together a publication some time ago. Uh, again, what was that called about? Uh... Humane Critter Control. Yeah. Well, it's just pretty much the idea is, you know, if you grow it, they're going to come. You got to figure that out and try to figure out how you can live with what you've done. How do we find that? You can go on Amazon. I believe the extension site, um, the extension store may have some, and they may have some out at the Arboretum. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I know Amazon has them. I know the Arboretum appreciates all this rain, too. Oh, yes. my. It's been so dry out there, and yeah. they've had to decide what they can take care of and what they can't. So you may see some areas that don't look their best. But they're doing the best they can. I mean, their people are watering. But they only have so many people and so many hours in the day, so they're doing what they can out there. But, uh, again, I believe you do need to make an appointment, go out to the Arboretum, see the beautiful grasses, see what's going on. Now might be a really good time to go out there and say, let me see what handled this drought this year. I know they're watering, but let me see how did those trees handle this drought. Is that Mm. a tree I may want to consider in my yard? Because we're going to have extreme weather conditions This is just going to be our pattern. We're just going to have to figure out what works and what doesn't. Same with the vegetables you planted this year. What veggies are doing well? Keep track of those. You may want to use those again next year. If your favorite didn't do very well, figure out is it not going to do well in the same conditions or was there something different this year that you didn't do that you could have helped it along? Yeah, get to the Arboretum, though. If you, it, It's just a great place to visit. Not only do you get some ideas or if you're thinking of planting a certain shrub or tree, uh, there it is, right there. There it is, there it is. Yeah. And, and even just, just getting some nice eye candy. Go to Absolutely. The, go to the home garden area, the home display garden. You will see gardening ideas that make vegetables look like art. It's just beautiful. All yeah. right. Just head out west on 5 and 41. You'll you'll see it off to the yeah. left there. Uh, all right, Chris, we uh, have to take a break. Okay. We will uh, be looking at that forecast to see if we're going to get any more rain. And then we have about another half hour of the show to go. It's called Smart Garden here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden show here on CCO around every Saturday and then in the 8 o'clock hour. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering uh, your questions. We always, as you know, Mary, like to talk about and urge folks to get to the Arboretum. You talk about a great resource. What's going on these days at the Arboretum, Mary? Yes, there are lots of things going on at the Arboretum, Denny. We have a new trail that opened for people to walk uh, on uh, there's free yoga at the Arboretum. So many days there's yoga lessons. If you have uh, have admission or members, of course, are free uh, admission at the Arboretum. Uh, there are lots of things blooming in the prairie now, and the annual garden is really at its peak. Many of the roses are blooming. Uh, there are art exhibits in the building. The uh, Oswald Visitor Center is open with the art exhibits as well as the restaurant is open now uh, Wednesday through Sunday. You do need to make a reservation to get to the Arboretum um, if members are free. Otherwise, it's $15 for adults. 
but they're openings all day today, all day tomorrow, virtually uh, every day in the next two weeks. They'll have no problem uh, visiting the Arboretum. So lots to see there and many plant recommendations if you're all the hydrangeas are just about at their peak blooming now as well. So if you're thinking about buying a new plant, it's great to find that plant at Arboretum. There's an online app that you can search and find uh, any plant uh, and figure out right where it is at the Arboretum. Oh, you're going to love it there. Great resource, the Arboretum. All right, Mary, we have callers, we have texters. Let's see how many folks we can help out today. Tom is calling in from Hinkley, Minnesota this morning. Tom, you're on with Mary. Hi there, Mary. I've got a eight to ten year old horseradish patch, and I just uh, dig it for friends once in a while. They come over if they want some. It's hot, and I bought the host plant from a master gardener up here. And I uh, said you can't kill it, which the children tried by mowing it over a few times. But no, you cannot kill it. And I just wonder what's the best time because everyone has a different opinion on when's the best time to dig it without hurting the plant and how to put it back together once it's dug a little bit. Well, because uh, horseradish has such a big root, and of course it's the root that we eat and great uh, for culinary purposes, it's, if you said it's hard to kill it, you, you normally have a horseradish plant for your whole life and then for the next generation even. So um, I think in the springtime, is if there is one time I would say when you could start uh, digging it or moving it would be first thing in the springtime. As it gets later in the season, um, it uh, has more issues, but it's a very tough plant. So you can do it almost any time. But if I had to pick one, I'd say the spring. Okay. This listener wants to know, can partially dead branches on a large magnolia shrub be trimmed now or wait? Yes, you can do that on a magnolia now. You can, you can, for most plants, you can prune off something if it's totally dead pretty much any time of the year. The only plants I would not recommend doing that with are the oaks because of the oak wilt disease and the transmission issues with that. But uh, you could do that now on a magnolia, yes. Okay. Back to the phones we go. Pete is calling in this morning from Elko, I believe. Pete, you're on CCO with Mary. Hey, good morning, Mary. Quick question for you on lilacs. Um, I live out in the country on a farm here. I planted common lilacs probably 50 years ago and beautiful for all these years. Two years ago, they started kind of curling, getting yellow on me, and I trimmed those out. Last year, they finally got so bad that I cut them down to the ground. Everything this spring, <clears throat> they came out beautifully. And now all of a sudden, I'm noticing just a little bit one by one, they're starting to do that same thing to curl up and get yellow. The information I looked up, it looks like it's some kind of a blight, but I don't know what to do with it now. Uh, Pete, I'm glad you called to ask about this because, yes, last year we did see dieback with lilacs, which was very unusual. It was diagnosed as leaf spot diseases. We rarely see problems like this on our lilacs, but I think this is just a cumulative stress of environmental conditions and perhaps drought for now uh, an indefinite amount of time. 
and also the hotter weather conditions. Lilacs are a plant that do prefer cooler conditions. We can grow lilacs in the north, but you never see them in the south, and that is because they like cooler weather conditions and, and survive better in cool conditions. Mm. Um, rejuvenation technique. You're cutting back the some, what some people call this, what the uh, chainsaw pruning method. Uh, cutting that back uh, was a good idea. Many times we do that at the Arboretum in rejuvenating old lilac hedges. And so that is a good thing to do uh, in, in this type of situation. You get rid of all any of the disease material that was there, clean the whole thing up and let the lilacs come back from the roots. So that that was a good thing. At this point, I don't know what to tell you to do other than uh, use additional water, if possible, on these plants to help them uh, get through, the, especially the hot, drier conditions. Uh, you want to be aware of not watering the foliage, just watering the roots and keeping the plants um, foliage dry and improving any air circulation that you can. So if they're in a tight, you might take out some of the middle ones or something so the air circulation is better around it. But at this point, I would say watering them and watching closely the foliage and any that is totally dead, removing that and cleaning up the leaves in the fall of the year. Okay. This listener, Mary, is having trouble with a calla lily. Said, I let it go dormant in the winter. This spring added water and fertilizer. Got one flower and nice leaves. The plant is very leafy, and we have had limited flowers. Ratio is far more leaves than flowers. What do you think we can do? I would try using some fertilizer that has a lower nitrogen to phosphorus and potassium ratio. So that first number on the fertilizer should be low. The other two numbers should be higher. And hopefully that will help uh, induce the blooms. And then I give it quite a bit of light, as much light as, as you can. Calla lilies don't have to have full sun uh, when they're outside, but uh, but good light conditions. And hopefully with the fertilizer, then uh, you'll get some more blooms. Okay. Let's get another phone call. This time Phil is calling in from Waverly, Minnesota. Phil, you're on CCO with Mary. I I got a problem. I had a, a bittersweet vine that was growing all the way to the top of my telephone pole and was getting in the transformer, so I tore it out. And now I get suckers from. How do you control them suckers coming up from the roots? Well, the easiest way is Phil is just to keep cutting them off. I know that's kind of a pain in the neck, but that is still the best way to do it. There are some herbicides. Uh, that you can buy that you can paint on or uh, spray on the cuts where you actually cut the um, uh, stem. You put the herbicide there, and that will prevent it from sprouting. Uh, Garlon and so on, those are high-intensity uh, <laughs> high herbicides. They, many of them will kill everything that they touch. Uh, Roundup glyphosate is the same thing. So the strong herbicides will kill it if you put that on the cut tissue. You just want to read the label carefully and follow the directions on that. But uh, a couple years of cutting off those suckers and then they'll stop. Okay. This listener wants to know, will Annabelle hydrangea or coneflowers grow in the shade or filtered sun? 
Annabelle hydrangea or cone flowers in shade? Well, they would rather have sun. If you have less than six hours of sun a day, uh, that's going to be tough. I would urge you to think of some other plants. We have many plants that do tolerate shadier conditions, azaleas, the yews. Um, and then for flowers, there's tons of uh, flowers that will grow in shadier conditions. But, you know, you can always try it. The plants will live there, but whether or not they'll flower, that's the question. Okay. This listener says, we have tomato plants and peppers in two separate raised beds, new soil this year. They are getting lots of fruit, but some have bottom rot. We have added some eggshells to the peppers, and on tomatoes we added some lime and just added some powdered milk last night. We've been pulling off the ones uh, with rot. Are we doing things right? Well, that rot on the bottom, that blossom end rot, is very common with tomatoes, less so with peppers, but we do see it. What that is from is um, extreme uh, water... um, availability in the soil. So a lot of water versus no water, a lot of water, no water, that that imbalance back and forth shows up as the, the end of the fruit not fully developing. So you want to try to water um, deeply and not so frequently. So when you put the water on, leave it on until you have put on an inch or time it so that you know you're getting a good deep amount of water in there. And you don't have to do that every day, but if you do it every in a raised bed, you probably need to do it like twice a week. Okay. So water deeply and not necessarily so often. While we're on the subject of watering, this listener says, does the temperature of the water matter when giving potted plants a drink in the mornings? And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here on CCO Radio every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour this morning, getting the help of Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. And, Teresa, boy, your work is cut out for you today. Excellent. The rest of the, I'll try to be hour. short and sweet. Well, you just that, be what you... That might not work, but we'll give it a shot. All right, good deal. Here's one that says, I have a, a Shasta uh, daisy that blooms beautifully. I deadhead it, but uh, never gets another bud. What could be wrong? Nothing. That's just how it goes. It's a one-timer. It is. Aha. Uh-huh. This detector has a peony that has powdery mildew on it. it. says, I purchased neem oil spray, but I don't know much, and how often do apply it? Thank you for your time and help. Definitely go to the website to handle that. Um, I'm not sure how effective neem is with the, with the powdery mildew. You can just also use, like, the free water. Just water the leaves, and if they dry really quickly, they may not become infected again with powdery mildew. Okay. My shade ferns are all brown and dry. I have a lot of ferns. Can I mow them uh, down? Thank you. Dry is dead. They're dead. Go ahead, mow them down, uh, and just keep watering the area because hopefully the roots and the crowns are still fine. Okay. Uh, This uh, text says, One of our 12 linden trees is losing its leaves, and other leaves are turning yellow. Another one started to look stressed. Why is this happening? It could be. It's probably drought. Uh, maybe baby that plant a little bit more than the others. It may be in a slightly drier or more exposed area. So give it a little extra water if you possibly can and just treat it with a little extra TLC. Don't do any pruning. Don't do any fertilizing on it. 
Lawn question here. Uh, it says, we had our lawn reseeded by a company, and the grass did not take the drought well. It became very straw-like. What do we do to get rid of this poor quality grass reseed, or do we need to dig it up and start from scratch? I, I would check with the company, see what kind of, of service and uh, guarantee they provide. It could be that it's out of warranty, so to speak. Um, in that case, definitely go to the Lawn and Garden website, the uh, extension website. It will t- tell you, give you some criteria to look at to figure out whether you can wait for it to come back, uh, if you should reseed or if you should resod or what you want to do. It really gives you some ideas to think about so you can make an informed decision what works best for you and your situation in your lawn. This listener manages a small townhome development and wants to know if uh, you advise to let the grass go dormant or should we keep watering? You can let it go dormant. Uh, You want to keep people off of it if possible. However, you don't want to stop the watering, especially if it's a Kentucky bluegrass. You do want to keep watering. Some of the some of the the Kentucky bluegrass just doesn't handle the heat and the drought that well. It can take a little bit of dormancy, a little bit of stress. But if it's an area that's walked on a lot, a lot, a lot by your people, by the um, the people that live there or played on by the kids, definitely keep watering it. It's probably cheaper in the long run to do that than to have to replace it. Another peony question. Why do some peony plants have milky leaves? Hmm. I'm thinking that when you break them, they have milky leaves, and I don't know why they would do that. I would guess that's just the way they have. They have a heavier, milkier sap. I've never noticed that. Hmm. Okay. This uh, listener has an assortment of pine trees on their property, including what they call scrub pines. Can I cut branches off these trees for my winter theme pots without causing damage to the trees? Guessing not, but... Will the branches grow back? If they're the Scots pine, um, you could put, you can cut the branches off. Pines don't normally re-sprout, however. So do strategic pruning on those and maybe take off the ones that are low, that are bothering you, the ones that are maybe going in the wrong direction. If they're really heavy in one area, you want to lighten it up, you can do that. Uh, but pines do not normally re-sprout. And they don't have growing points that that get activated and come back. So wherever you cut, it's that's what it's going to look like. It's not going to sprout new stuff there. Okay. Uh, let's see. This listener started a new raspberry patch in the new location. And after a two-year break of destroying the old patch in order to break the insect cycle of the spotted wing, whatever Priscilla. you call it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, it did not work. Mm-hmm. The new plants are bearing fruit, and they have the larvae in the berry. I have tried all recommendations to get rid of this pest, but obviously isn't working. Any ideas? You know, th- we're really fighting this pest. The university's doing a lot of research on it. Uh, some of the best things to do are make sure you keep, keep cleaning up the fruit. You want you want spick and span sanitation. Um, I don't mean use spick and span. You want really clean sanitation. You want to make sure that fruit is not staying on the vine it is, or on the, on the canes, it is not dropping to the soil. Um, maybe let the birds eat them, and, and hopefully the birds can take all the larvae out there for you and break the cycle. That's a possibility, too. You can also try, as soon as they're fertilized, to cover them with a floating roll cover and see if that prevents the eggs being laid. But we are working on, a, or the university is working on a lot of issues, and this is a big problem for our small fruits. Okay. You're not alone. But- This uh, listener, Teresa, has two different types of pears in my yard on opposite sides. The one is doing great. The other one has pear scab. We've been trying to get rid of 
the pear scab, but no luck. So we're uh, planning to cut it down soon to try to save the other tree. Will the good one be okay without the, the, uh, without the other tree for pollination? Probably not. Most pears do need another pear for pollination. So I would suggest if your neighbor does not have one and then there's not one within, say, two or three yards, plant another small pear uh, that could be used as a pollinator. Does the excessive heat, this listener wants to know, slow the ripening of tomatoes? Yes, it does. Does it really? That's a really good question. You'd think they'd ripen faster. Yeah. But no. Um, I was reading the article this morning, actually, on the on the website. And the, the tomatoes um, ripen in two, two, four, two ways. The first is the green. They get green, and then all the, the stuff around the seeds get kind of gelatinous. And that's the green ripening. That's when you can eat green tomatoes. Then it has to go into another process where it actually promotes the red chemicals in there. And those red chemicals need it cooler in the evening. So if it stays too hot in the evening, they just don't ripen. We just have to wait. Huh, interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting article. This listener, Teresa, has uh, new rhubarb plants. Should I plant them now or wait till fall? You know, you can plant them now. Sometimes It depends. If you're able to take care of them in containers very well, go ahead and do that. If it's easier for you to take care of them in the ground, go ahead and do that. Whatever is easier for you to take care of because you are going to have to treat them special, give them extra water, take care of them a little more carefully until the winter comes. And then this winter I'd probably just mulch them a little bit, and then next year they'll be fine. Now, let's see. We've got a couple of minutes to go, Teresa. Here's another one. Our 30-year-old plum trees have stopped producing plums. Help, please. <laughs> well, that could be, there could be a number of reasons. There could, they could need some judicious pruning. Um, they, if they're looking healthy, they probably haven't reached the end of their lives. However, fruit trees do have a shorter lifespan than other trees usually. could be just that they're not getting pollinated. So you have to figure out why they aren't fruiting. Are they just old and they're looking decrepit and you need to take them down? Or is something happening with the pollinators? Have you lost your pollinators? Is it been too hot? Has Have the, the, uh, the flowers frozen in the spring so they can't get pollinated? Uh, have, have you lost the trees that were pollinating? So those are some ideas to think about. This one here says, uh, is common purslane a good weed control option for my vegetable garden? Common purslane is often considered as a weed. It may crowd out some of your some of the other weeds. Um, it's also very edible. It's really high in omega um, omega fatty acids. Like uh, so, it's really good. It's a really wonderful plant. Um, many people do consider it as a weed, though. So you just want to make sure you keep it under control and don't let it take over your vegetable garden where you want your vegetables. But you can use it as kind of a green mulch if you want to. Okay. Uh, we have to mention, uh, not we have to, we want to mention the uh, U of M's extension uh, website. And uh, a texter wants to know, I know we have a minute to go here, uh, anything on aquatic uh, aquatic plants? Do you, I, I, I haven't looked in that. Uh, there is area. some things on aquatic, there are some things on aquatic plants. We also have a wonderful Minnesota Water Garden Society that you can get a hold of. Um, they, they help. They do a lot of wonderful aquatic plants. But we do have some information on aquatics on the extension.umn.edu website. Or go out to the Arboretum, see what they've got out there. And you can also go to the Arboretum website and buy tickets for the Hennepin County Master Gardener Garden Tour. 
When is that now? That, you know, I printed off the note and left it at home. You know <laughs> so that was well, really they'll be able to find it me. on the website. But it's, it's on the website, and, and it's, a, it's a virtual tour. So I think you can take it then at your leisure uh, so you don't have to go on a specific day. But we will also have little, little blurbs in there about best watering practices. Take care Very of this. Good. Take care of that. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank Always you, a pleasure. Hope to talk to, to talk you real to you soon. Thank you. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Uh, get those home improvement questions ready. Andy Lindis will be answering those very questions via text uh, next hour. Uh, showers and possibly a thunderstorm yet to happen here. More of them here in the Twin Cities, maybe even overnight and a, even a chance tomorrow for that matter, and maybe even Sunday night. Much needed rain. Uh, just ahead of CBS News, let's see, what do we have? Winds uh, east at 9, uh, 96 the humidity, 67 dew point. It's 68 degrees. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 